0: We are in the the book of John this morning, the first chapter in verse 14, as we uh, look at the story of Jesus' birth through the eyes of John. You uh, have seen this morning, there are many different expressions of praise to God, and we're going to try to keep doing that throughout this uh, Christmas season. I know 2020 has been a tough year uh, for many, many people. Uh, several of our uh, friends are at home now watching online uh, who, uh, who, who just can't get out and about. And uh, we, we hope that these uh, gatherings that we have uh, will bring encouragement to you and, of course, glory to God. Uh, so let's read together uh, this account of Jesus' birth. According to John chapter 1, verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Will you pray with me, please? Father, we give you praise this morning for the might and power and the miraculous birth of Jesus Christ, for becoming like one of us in flesh and bones. We say thank you. We ask this morning that as we open your word, that you'll open our hearts, that you'll open our eyes and our minds to to your truth, to your leading by your Holy Spirit. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. On Facebook uh, this uh, week, I posted a poll just to see how many of y'all open your Christmas gifts. You know, I've discussed this concept in the past. I, I think there's three major ways you open Christmas gifts uh, you're either the one who's like uh, my my son Charlie who's who's eight years old now He just wants to rip into that thing. There's no rhyme or reason. Just got to rip into that gift and see see what's there And then there are those who who uh, this is more like my wife Just kind of finds the seam, you know, and you rip from the scene in an organized natural way, right? To find out what the gift is I'm a little bit OCD. I like to take a knife and just cut all the tape marks and and just kind of fold it out. You could probably use that paper again after I'm done opening it. I believe that John's gospel is, is layered and especially this birth narrative. And it's kind of like opening a gift. There's many different ways that we can approach this text and to see ha- what the truth is for us in our lives, to see and discuss this miraculous birth of Jesus Christ. John 1.14 is one of the deepest most profound passages in Scripture. The Word, God calls Jesus, the Word who became flesh and bone, and he dwelled among us. And in order to truly appreciate these poetic words, we need to look at the dwelled Word made flesh within the context of this chapter. And that's what I would like to do this morning as you follow along your notes. I believe there's three different ways that we can interpret and apply this powerful verse to our lives. Now, I'll be using a lot of scripture, and that's appropriate because we are talking about the Word. The Word made flesh. Uh, If you're following along in your notes, write down the word made flesh becomes our advocate, becomes our advocate. This is a very important concept in the book of John, and it certainly is an important context uh, or content within the context of chapter one. If you look just three verses later at 117 For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The law was given through Moses, and grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And whenever you bring up the law, you're bringing up something very important to consider. You see, through Moses, God set up a system of advocacy to deal with the sin that entered our world. Remember that the Bible teaches us all about sin. Before the days of Noah, sin, when it was left unrestrained, consumed the hearts and minds of all the people. Life was full of hatred, abuse, And death and in Genesis 6 we read that the Lord saw the wickedness of the human heart was only evil and it was all the time and he knew the inclination of the hearts and thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time and so when God called the nation of Israel to be a nation that represented his name he decided he would reveal himself through Moses to create the law that Israel might correctly attend to sin. And that is an important, very important truth throughout the Old Testament, and certainly a truth as we look at the Word made flesh. Moses and the law advocated For Israel, through a system of sacrifice, confession, and repentance, Moses and the law advocated for Israel, the people of Israel, through this system of sacrifice. Early on in our uh, marriage, uh, Jessica was sued after she was uh, uh, hit by a car. The woman who hit Jessica, I know. The woman who hit Jessica admitted to the cop that the sun was in her eyes and she did not see Jessica merge into her lane. However, the officer still cited Jessica for the accident and therefore the woman sued us. And she has every right to sue us. And she has every right to make a claim before a jury of our peers. Or to a judge, and we also had a right to find an advocate who would plead our case. Take a moment to consider sin. We have been accused of sin before the great judge that is God. If you followed the law given by God in the Old Testament to atone for sin, you would be forgiven. And the Old Testament. But John says. What does he say in verse 17? The law was given to Moses. That's the system of sacrifice. But grace and truth. Came through Jesus Christ. Therefore the new advocate. Of the Old Testament law. Is now Jesus Christ. He brings our sins before God. He advocates on our behalf. Grace Bound in the sacrifice of Jesus, forgives our sins. And that's why the, why the writer of Hebrews writes in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17, for this very reason, he, that is Jesus, was made like his brothers in every way in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God. The word made flesh becomes this high priest, this advocate that we might make, that he, that is Jesus, might make atonement for the sins of the people. And so Jesus becomes our advocate when the word becomes flesh. Secondly, the word made flesh becomes our lamb. And this is a very cool layer to the story remember two weeks ago that we talked about the lamb and the crucifixion today we see in john's gospel the lamb and in, in revelation to the birth of jesus christ i mean you only have to flip over just a few more verses to verse twenty nine when the next day john saw jesus coming toward him and said look the lamb of god who takes away the sin of the world. John the Baptist recognizes that Jesus the word became flesh was the lamb who takes away the sins of the world. Now 2 weeks ago we looked at the Passover. And how the lamb relates to the Passover. But John's gospel heavily relies on the tradition of Moses and Abraham and the covenant made there. So let's look at the story of Abraham. In Genesis chapter 22, we find Abraham and his son Isaac. And you see earlier in Genesis, God made a promise to Abraham in his old age that he would give. Uh, that he would give them a son even though he was old his wife was barren that they would give birth to a son miraculously and if you remember that story you'll remember that Sarah laughed and Abraham didn't understand but sure enough 25 years after the promise when when Abraham was a 100 years old Isaac was miraculously born. Guys, there is a connection between these stories. Because God does something that is perplexing. In Genesis 22 and verse 2, listen to the words that are recorded in Genesis 22 two. Take your son, God says to Abraham, your only son, the one whom you love and sacrifice him in the region of Moria, and there will be a burnt offering on the mountain as I show you. Did you hear the wording? Your one and only son, your son in whom you love. Doesn't that sound like John three sixteen to you? That God so loved the world that he gave his only son? And here's my point. As they were traveling along, As Abraham and his son Isaac were traveling along, Isaac looked at dad. He looked at Abraham and he said, The fire and wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? What? And Abraham said this, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son many of you guys who know this story, right, know that God didn't provide a lamb. Do you guys remember this story? In Genesis chapter 22, God didn't provide a lamb, but Abraham told his son that God would provide a lamb. Why did he say that? I think it's because the word became flesh. What God provided in lieu of Isaac was actually a ram. But the God made flesh. The word made flesh. He wasn't a lamb either, was he? He was a human being, but he was a metaphor for the lamb that Abraham was able to find in that thicket. Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21 says it best that God made him. Who knew no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The Lamb, Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh. The final point that I want to make this morning is that the Word made flesh becomes our example. It's later on in John chapter 1 that John the Baptist repeats to two of his disciples what he said earlier in the chapter. He says, look, he points at Jesus, he says, look, the Lamb of God who's come to take away the sins of this world. And his disciples look at Jesus and they say, where are you staying? And Jesus says those words that Lila put up. He says, come and you will see. In their culture, when a disciple would look at a rabbi and say those words, where are you staying, it means that they want to become a disciple of that rabbi. And they would follow the rabbi. You see, rabbinic disciples not only learned from the rabbi, but they also lived, they ate, and they slept near their rabbi. The rabbi becomes the ultimate example of how a disciple should live, how a disciple should teach, how a disciple should behave. Come and see was an an invitation by Jesus to these disciples and to you and me to follow Jesus' example, to live, eat, sleep near Jesus Christ to be the best example of what it means to be the Word made fleshed. The example is best described by Paul who would understand this rabbinic tradition, who also learned under a different rabbi, but was learning to learn under Jesus Christ. And he said this about the example of the word made flesh. In Philippians chapter 2, he says, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being the very nature of God, in our context we're talking about the word, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. But in verse 7 it said made himself nothing. He became flesh. The very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself and became obedient to death even death on a cross. Let me tell you folks the world needs a good example. It was Timothy Keller who wrote this, these words. The fact that God became human and emptied himself of his glory means that you should not want to hang out with people only because they have power and glitz, who are networked, who can open doors for you. You need to be willing to go to the people without power, without beauty, without money. And that is not only the Christmas spirit, but because God became one of us. This Christmas, we celebrate the God of the universe who became our advocate, who became our lamb, who became our example and this morning we're going to be teaching a new Christmas song that sings all about this that says all about this concept the song is called How Many Kings and I want you to listen to the words of the chorus how many kings stepped down from their thrones how many lords have abandoned their homes How many greats have become the least for me? How many gods have poured out their hearts to romance the world that is torn all apart? How many fathers gave up their sons for me? Only one did that for me. This has got to be our song of invitation and meditation as we prepare for communion. As we sing together, I'm going to invite you to gather in one of these corners to grab a, a cup and that's filled with juice, and underneath there is bread. It's a time for us to remember the advocate, the lamb, the example, as we prepare our hearts to sing about the word made flesh who made his dwelling among us. Will you pray with me, please? Father, I am truly, truly grateful that you gave your one and only Son, that whoever believes in him might not perish, but have eternal life. We are grateful that that Son came as the Word made flesh, that he humbled himself, became obedient to death, even death on the cross. And I pray, Lord, for everyone here, including myself, as we strive to be the example that you have called us to be, as we strive, Lord, to serve you throughout this week. And I pray that you will help us to remember that example.